I wish y'all could have seen Buddy's face when I got out of the car. <laughs> that was something to see. <laughs> Buddy was like, Like, is this real right now? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, you know what? Uh, you can be a Christian and have fun. And uh, this reminds me, I grew up with Run DMC. That's what this reminds me. <laughs> and uh, Christmas and Hollis, man. And uh, yeah, anybody know that? So anyway, I was, anyway, I like this. And uh, Nicole got this uh, for me a while back, and it was awesome. And uh, I just, it's really comfortable. It's really comfortable. Y'all look so nice and uncomfortable. <laughs> and, I look, and I'm comfortable, but just have fun in the Lord. You know, we just praise God for you. Uh, the Lord is fun, and truthfully, uh, my, my goal would be for you to not look at this suit as soon as possible and look at Jesus. Uh, that's what it's about. Uh, but I wanted to have fun with you today. All right, I want to have fun with you today, and I was uh, excited to see you. And y'all look amazing. Did you get your pictures already? Get some, some people get the pictures, so we'll post these pictures for you. And uh, we just welcome all of our guests this morning. And to everybody, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. And it is truly a family Christmas uh, today. We have a gift for each one of you. We're going to give away some uh, good stuff. And uh, we're just really excited about that, and we praise God for you. And uh, welcome to Boomerang Church, a house of love and prayer, living in abundance, winning souls, and making disciples for Jesus. And what we've said before is we're probably not your normal church, as you can tell by this morning. And uh, some people love us, some people hate us, and some people don't know what to think about us. And I feel like maybe our guests this morning are in that category. I don't know what to think about this church right now. But uh, we do have the joy of the Lord. What does God say? He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He tells you that he wants your joy to be full. And many times the joy of the Lord is actually what will take you where you need to go. When you learn how to be joyful in Jesus, he'll take you where you need to go. And so I want to talk to you this morning about uh, Jesus, who is the full message of Christmas. Jesus, the full message of Christmas. And I want us to go real quickly. Let's go to Psalms chapter 8 and verse 3 through 6. Thank you, Father, for this day. Psalms 8. And verse 3. <laughs> That's precious. Psalms 8 and verse 3. I want to show you something about the design of the Lord. Have you ever wondered what God actually has for you? Have you ever wondered what the Lord actually has planned for your life? And one of the things that you'll see is right here. Before there was... A curse before there was sin in the world you'll see right here Psalm 8 and verse 3 it says and these verses 3 through 6 are talking about mankind it says when I consider your heavens the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you have ordained what is man that you take thought of him what is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him. So he's talking about mankind. And then he says, Yet you have made him, man, a little lower than God, and you crown him with glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet. So the first thing I want you to see this morning is that man was made... To, to be a little bit lower than God, and then God says, I'm going to clothe you and crown you with his glory. Yeah. In other words, God's going to take his glory and put it on you. That's the design for man. See, it wasn't supposed to be that sin stripped this. Anybody ever grew up in a world and it was not pretty? Anybody grew up and you had stuff that attacked you? 
Anybody ever had some stuff? I'm, I see that. Man, I've had some stuff attack me along the way. But that was not God's plan. All the junk, when they were in the garden, before sin and before the devil came in and tempted them, and before corruption came in, all of that, there was none of that. There was no sick. There was nobody lacking. There was none of that. Matter of fact, God said, I'm going to take a part of me, a part of my glory, a part of my goodness, and I'm going to put it on you. I'm going to take a part of this, and I'm going to put it on you. In other words, God said, I'm going to make you like me. And he made us in his image and his likeness, and then he gave us of his glory. And mankind was clothed in his glory. That was God's plan for all of us. That was God's plan. That's what he wanted. He wanted us to be walking in his glory. And let me just tell you something. In Galatians chapter 3, it says that we are redeemed from the curse now. And actually, whether you realize it or not, that's God's plan for you right now. Now, the issue is many people don't know about it. They don't know that God wants them covered with his glory again. They don't know that, they don't know that they're supposed to walk in the glory of God. This suit ain't it, but there's a different glory to be clothed in, right? God wants you clothed with his glory. I mean, this suit carries a glory, but it ain't his glory, right? I mean, it's got sparkles and sequins and everything. But it's not God's glory. It pales in comparison to his glory. It pales in comparison to his glory. He won't, do you know that in the New Testament, they, after they had been with Jesus, they started carrying his glory. And it says they would put people within the distance of their shadow so that they could get close enough. And the context shows us close enough to get close to the glory that was overflowing over on them. In other words, they were saying the, the disciples were walking in so much glory that all of a sudden they just come near and people start getting healed. And we've had that in our services here. We'll just be preaching. All of a sudden, necks that have been in pain start popping and healed just like that. It's happened multiple times in the last couple of months. A couple of weeks ago, we had four people healed right at the end of service. Complete miracle. Pain, and then pain goes completely away, just like that. Boom, boom, boom. Last week, was it last week? George, uh, George, his eyesight, he had been not seeing clear right in prayer before service. Nobody prayed for him, just the glory of the Lord, God's goodness. And all of a sudden, he goes, I can see. This is the reality of God. It's a part of his glory. It's a part of the glory that he wants all of us to walk in, in his glory. And he says, I've redeemed you back to that now. See, you can walk in that. Have you ever seen it? And some people just have lives that look easier. If they're actually easier. Now, some people have a worldly life and it looks easier on the surface, but it's not really easier. It actually has a lot of baggage. It's like, it's like a, a big you know, hangover of the life, right? They're walking in life and it looks easy and fun on one thing, but they got a hangover coming and they're always living with it. They're always living in that place. But God, see, there's some people that'll walk in the easy and light and the glory of God, God's plan, and it truly is easy and light and things just work. They just work. They just work. It's because of the glory and the goodness of God. And what they found is that Jesus was telling the truth. That Jesus was telling the truth. That Jesus loves us, has a great plan for our life, and he wants us to walk in his glory again. The disciples did it. We've had, we've had uh, people do it. We've seen that goodness of God start to be poured out. But of course, you know, we have an enemy. And that enemy didn't want you to walk in God's goodness. God had a perfect plan for mankind. God's plan for mankind was never for tragedy and calamity to be in our lives. That wasn't his plan. You go to Jeremiah 29, 11, He says, I know the plans I have for you, for you to fare well, to give you a future and a hope. And it says, and not for calamity. 
That's not God's plans. But there is one who does have a plan for your calamity. There is one who does have a plan for your tragedy. That's the thief. That's the devil. And John 10.10 says this, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so a lot of times we're like looking at God like, Lord, why is all this stuff happening to me? And the Lord's already told us it's because there's an enemy. There's a thief. And if you'll learn how to put the enemy in his place, you can walk in his glory. You can walk in his glory. Amen. And so then you go into Genesis chapter 3, and it's where the fall of man is. And in comes the devil into the garden, into the place where they were clothed with his glory. And he says, he tells them, and it's just like the devil to always twist the truth. It's just like the devil to always twist the truth. Always twist it. Just like him to do it. So he takes what God says, he adds a little bit more, and then all of a sudden, what was the truth is, is twisted. And he says, did God tell you not to eat that fruit? And then Eve says, see, Eve didn't know fully what God said. It pays to know the word. It pays to know the word. And Eve was sitting there. She didn't know. She added some to it. We can't eat it or touch it. Well, God didn't say or touch it. And she's like holding this thing. No, we can't. No. I mean, before long, she'd been like, you can't touch it or even look at it. Like that. And that's what, that's what deception does. And then all of a sudden, uh, the devil says, look at this fruit. This will make you wise. And then he says this, you'll be like God and know what he knows. And all of a sudden, there's this thing in mankind that says, I want to be like God. Guess what? They already were like God. They were already made in his image and likeness. They were already clothed with his glory. They were already. He was trying to sell them something they already had. They already had the blessing of God. All of a sudden, guess what they do? They sin. And in that moment, they become naked. They lose the glory of God. And in that moment, in that moment, immediately, the authority that Adam and Eve had, they handed it over to the devil. And immediately in that moment, if you can imagine that Adam and Eve had the keys to the earth, they had it all. Remember the verse I just read said they were given to oversee all the works of his hands. They had the keys to the earth. And when they followed that temptation and that sin, all of a sudden they took their authority and they gave it to the devil. And they took the keys of the earth and they basically said, you have the keys now. And we find out later in the New Testament, it says multiple times in different places, in different contexts, he is the God of this world. He's the little g God. In other words, he rules over this corrupted world. You want to know why there's things that are stolen and broken and people have lack and sickness? It's the devil. It's the devil as a result of our sin. It's the devil as a result of what Adam did and what we all would have done in that situation. It's the result of that sin. And here's one of the worst parts. They were clothed with the glory and all of a sudden they realized we're naked. We don't have the goodness of God on our lives anymore. And they started making a little fig leaf suit. And all of a sudden the Lord comes into the garden and he says, what did you do? And see, not only did Satan become the God of this world, but I want you to see this. Our flesh man, you know, have you ever felt like you wanted to do right? Watch this. Anybody ever felt like you wanted to do right, wanted to do right, wanted to do right, but then there was just something going, no, I want to do wrong. Anybody ever felt that besides me? Anybody ever tempted by something? Guess why that's there? It says, the Bible teaches us this, that he is the father of that corruption, or the devil is the father of that sin. 
In other words, immediately in the flesh of every man and woman on earth, we had this desire to sin, desire to be like God, exalt ourselves. Why? Because the devil had tried to exalt himself. But the devil, you got to understand, the devil always loses. He's a loser. He's a jerk. He's a scoundrel. And he always loses. He tried to set himself up against God. He was like, oh, I'll be like you. I'll, I'll, make, I'll have a throne above yours. And what did God do? Eh, no. Boom! He gets thrown to the earth. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning to the earth. Like lightning to the earth. I mean, he smacked the earth from the result of his pride. Now here's the thing. When we put on that same pride and that same sin, what we're literally doing is we're coming against a holy God. We're never going to win that. So why do we try that? Where our flesh wants to. Because the, the, basically the Bible says that when Adam sinned, our flesh made the devil the father of our corrupted flesh, and we always want to do that. But don't we know now, that doesn't work. That is a stinky plan. It never works. And it's never going to work. Why? Because you think that you are going to dethrone God? That he's not going to be holy? And it's not that God's sitting up there mean. It's just like if I, if I have a raging bonfire that's like a thousand degrees, am I going to go up to it and be like, ooh, you're a mean fire because you burnt me? No, I'm just going to be like, I ain't going near that fire. No, I don't want anything to do with that fire. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get close because I can get burnt without even being in it. It's hot enough. Well, the holiness of God is like that. You want God to be less holy? No, if he's less holy, we're all in trouble. But when he's holy, here's what he did. He said, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to do something about the sin. I'm going to do something about the corruption. I'm going to give you your glory back, and you'll be able to walk into the fire with me because I will make you holy. So God said, look, this plan is never going to work for men, but I have another plan. And even right there in the garden in Genesis 3, what does it say? Right there in the garden, it says that God prophesied, that God prophesied and said, I'm going to take the seed of this woman and devil, the seed of this woman is going to crush your head going to crush your head glory to god going to crush his head so what did the devil do the first thing he did as soon as soon as that woman had some babies he tried to take those babies out cain and abel he was constantly trying to identify who's this seed Who's this man, that, who's this baby that would come from this woman that's going to take me out? And so he's looking through the ages to try and find the Messiah. But God makes a promise. I'm going to send someone. I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send the Messiah and the anointed one, and he is going to change everything. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 through 3. Amen. Setting up chairs. I like it. Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 61. So you have the prophet prophesying right here. And what's he prophesying about? He's prophesying and he's saying, there's one coming. And he's going to break men free from this bondage. He's going to uh, put the new plan in action. And it's never going to be the same. Never. And I'm going to give them my glory again. They're going to get their glory back. They're going to get the power. They're going to be able to be and walk and talk like God created them to. Like they walked and talked in the garden. 
Not like they walked and talked with sin, but like they walked and talked in the garden. And that's why he said in Galatians 3, we have been redeemed in this way. Redeemed. Watch what he said. He's talking about this anointed, this powerful son of God, Messiah, this one, this savior that's coming. And he says right here, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He's talking about that Messiah, that powerful son of God, the savior. The spirit of the Lord God is upon him. It's going to be upon him. Because the Lord has anointed me. The anointing means that he's going to release his goodness and his power, supernatural power. And so he said the Messiah will walk with a supernatural power. People will be healed. People will be delivered. People will be set free. Look at what he says about that. To bring good news to the afflicted. Has anybody ever felt in your life afflicted? I thought I might have some participation on that. And this is what he said. Now I want you to hear this. He says, anybody who's ever been afflicted, I got good news for you. Now this is not the devil talking. This is God talking, who can't lie, who walked in his holy. He says, I got good news for you. And this is the message that no matter who you are or where you've been or where you've come from or what's gone wrong in your life or how bad your parents were or how bad your uncle was, it doesn't matter how bad that boss was, that God has good news. And if you will connect with God instead of the things of the world, everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. You ever been uh, playing like a, a card game? And, and you got a card that was like the super card. You know, you got, you got a card that was like the super card. And if you got that card, you were the most powerful person in the game. And that's what God's like. He says, I'm going to send you Jesus. And no matter who you are or what you're doing, you just won. Just say it with me. Say, when I got Jesus, I win. Say it again. When I have Jesus, I win. Matter of fact, that's biblical. Over in 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says, But thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Who always leads us in triumph in Christ. He's always causing you to win. That's his plan. That's his plan. Glory to God. That is the plan of God. When you have Jesus, you win. You win. You win. So God said, look, I'll take everything that the devil dishes out, and I got a solution for it. I'll take every bad thing, every stealing, every killing, every destroying that the devil can dish out, and I'm going to give my people what they need. I'm going to bless them. And so he said, here comes a Messiah. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me, or it'll be upon him. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring the good news to the afflicted. Good news! He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. In other words, he'll take that broken heart and he'll destroy the power of the brokenness. He'll destroy it. To proclaim liberty to the captives. In other words, if you felt like you've been captive in this life by the devil, he said, Jesus will set you free. And freedom to the prisoners. I know many, many people, they felt like a prisoner in this earth. A prisoner to the system. A prisoner to finances. A prisoner to all, listen, all of man's way of doing things. But that's not God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things is, I see your prison. I see your being bound. I see your captivity. And I'm going to do something about it so that you can be free. I'm going to do something about it so you can be free. He says, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. The favorable year of the Lord. What does this mean? This means that you will always have a year where God's favor will be on you. Where God's favor will be on you. You know, it's kind of like this. Um, I, 
Can you come here for just a second? I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know he is. He's taller than me. That didn't happen. What's your name? Tamarius. Man, nice to meet you. Nice to have you. We just stand right here. So imagine this, all right? Man, how tall are you? <laughs> Six, seven? Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Nice to meet you. Imagine, right, that I had a friend, and you and I became friends, okay? And let's say I had a friend, and he had, like, multiple companies. He owned multiple companies. And he was worth, like, $100 million. Would you like to know him? Probably so. All right, let, let's think this, all right? Now, let's say this. Let's say that I introduce you to my friend that owns all these companies, right? And he's worth that money. Man, if he just says, I just feel like blessing Demarius today, your life's probably about to change. What, can you see that? Why? Because he's got the means to do it. I mean, he could just say, drop a, a car in your hand. He could just, he could just change stuff just like that because he's got the power to do something. That's it. That's it. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, here's the thing. You start to say, it doesn't matter. Does it matter now if you have him as a friend and he wants to bless you, does your life change? Yeah. Does it matter where you came from? What happened? No, because he's got the power to go over all of that. See, when we have Jesus, he says, I don't care what the devil has dished out to any one of us. I don't care what the devil has dished out. We have a power of God and his love, and he loves you with an everlasting love, loves every person in here with an everlasting love. And yeah, the devil has done some junk to people, but he says, I got more for him. And that's what I'm telling you today. Here's the thing. We're talking about a guy on the earth who I'm talking about, preaching about, is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the, who created all of this. Man, he's got more power than anything. All the money that's on the earth, how many planets he have? <laughs> Man, he can do it all. He can do it all. And we get to be in his family, you and me both. We can be in his family together, and all of a sudden he says, that's my son. That's my son. That's my daughter. And I have an inheritance for them. It's like that rich uncle we always all wanted, right? Hey, I didn't know about, right? I won't. Except this is better than a rich uncle. Many of us have been prisoners to a world that was corrupted by sin. But there's an answer and there is a benefactor that has an inheritance for us that blows this world out of the water. His name's Jesus. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I just want to ask you that. Yeah, I'll talk to you some more after. So no matter what captivity we've been in or what prison the devil has had us in, in this world, God is powerful enough to break all of that. Now, and the Bible even says... And I'll paraphrase it into today for America. The Bible even says whether you're a woman or a man, whether you're slave or free, whether you're, whether you're a Jew or a Greek, in other words, no matter if you grew up uh, with, with a dark skin or a light skin or a brown skin or a yellow skin, makes no difference. He says, I'll be your loving father and everything changes. And he says, I'm sending the one who will crush the devil's head. I'm sending him into the world and you won't have to live like this anymore. You won't have to live like it anymore. Would anybody like to not have to live like that anymore? That's what I'm talking about. He says to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. The favorable year of the Lord. A favorable year. In other words, this is a good year to receive Jesus. It's a good year to say, because people say, hey, that's a good plan. I like that plan. My plan has not been working, but I like that plan. That plan I find favor with. <laughs> that plan changes things. Amen. <laughs> What'd you say? It does? <laughs> Amen. He says, and, watch this, the day of vengeance of our God. 
the day of vengeance of our God. In other words, I won't have to take vengeance out on my own. God will take it out for me. All these folks that will come against him and come against me if I'm a part of him, God will handle that. See, when Nicole and I have been attacked in different ways, we don't have to worry about that. We just keep loving Jesus. We just keep doing things his way. We just keep it up because God handles that stuff. One time we were being accused of something, particularly we both thought it was one of the worst things ever to be accused of. And what we really wanted to do was we wanted to defend our name, defend our reputation, right? And God said, I'm your defender. I'm your defender. We, we heard it. I'm going to tell you now, when we got in front of people, they started telling us what they heard about us. I wanted to be like, well, let me tell you what really happened. That's what I wanted to tell them. I wanted to say, well, let me tell you what really happened and defend ourselves. And God would say, he, he'd check me on and see, if I walk by his ways, it'll work. But if I keep walking by the world's ways, that never works. And all of a sudden he said this. He, he said, I'm your defender. What we found out years later was that God was actually sending people to defend us that we didn't even know who they were. Supernaturally, they were defending us in front of accusers. Supernaturally. God will defend you. Vengeance is his, but we've got to walk and we've got to do things his way. Amen? He said, watch this, the last part of verse 2. To comfort all who mourn. Jesus is coming. The Messiah is coming. The anointed one is coming. And if you have mourning, God will give you comfort. Now when God talks about comfort, we're not talking about he's going to leave you in that place of mourning. No, he's going to comfort you completely. Everything is settled. And you have peace. That's the kind of comfort we're talking about. Verse 3 to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them garland instead of ashes. In other words, they're gonna, he's going to give them a beauty instead of the gray dust of ashes. Giving them a beauty. Then he says this. He says, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. In other words, when normally you and other people would be mourning, All of a sudden, there's going to be a joy that comes on you. An oil of gladness. And people will be like, what is wrong with you? It's just Jesus. He's granted me a joy when normally I would be so down. He's that kind of God that can take any negative situation and completely flip it to the other side. Flip it. He says, uh, he'll give us the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. In other words, when we feel like falling away, all of a sudden something will rise up in us. A power will rise up. And all of a sudden we'll start praising God. Glory to God. This is going to work out. How? I don't know. But I know whose I am. I know that I'm the Lord. And I know what Jesus will do for me. And no matter what's stacked against me in the world, I know it's going to work out. And then all of a sudden you'll start praising God. Instead of fainting and running out of energy. Like, Lord, I don't know that I can do this anymore. You'll stop doing that. And you'll start getting a strength in you. A praise in you. What does he say about praise? It says God inhabits the praise of his people. So you start praising God in the middle of a trial, all of a sudden God swoops into your home. He he swoops into your life, and the presence of God starts solving things. Boom, 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 boom. Start praising him. Start praising him. Start praising him. And he'll give you the strength even to praise him. It'll be like, I don't even know if I, if you'll just by faith say, Lord, I'm just going to praise you some. Like, I haven't even felt like it. You can be honest. I haven't even felt like praising you. But I know who you are. And I know that when the deck has been stacked against me, it didn't change you. Jesus, I know it didn't change you. It didn't change you. And all of a sudden, you'll say, I just asked you for strength to praise you. To praise you. And you put on that praise. 
all of a sudden the presence of God swoops in and starts solving things. It says, now watch this, they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Has anybody ever felt in your life like you were not planted strong? It's like, I, I just don't feel like I have the strength. Like I feel like any old breeze could come by and all of a sudden my life would just fall over. But God said, that's not the way I want you to live. I want you to be planted so strong that nothing can stop you. No storm is going to blow you over. But you'll stand strong. A planting of the Lord. This is all of God's plan through Jesus. So we had this problem of sin where we were just we were clothed with the glory of God and then sin came in and took over our lives and took over this world and the devil became a god of this world and he as long as there's men that don't have Jesus, he will have the lease on this world and he'll have the keys in this world, but you can do something about it. You can be in the middle of the world and you can change it. By simply saying, Jesus, you're mine. Jesus, you're mine. And, and God said, I'm going to send one to change this. And so go to Luke chapter 2. And so if you know the story, here it is now. 4,000 years later, basically. 4,000 years later. At just the right time. At just the right time. The ruler over the earth was Caesar. The, the strongest ruler was Caesar. And what does Caesar do? He says, I want everybody to go back to their family's house. And I want them, I want them to take a census. I want to number all the people. And he says, I want everybody to go back. So here is Mary and Joseph, and they have to go back to this little town called Bethlehem. Verse 3. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up to Galilee from the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them at the end. There was no room for them at the end. I love this. Do you know... Do you know what angels do? Are you aware of one of their main jobs? One of their main jobs is to be a messenger. Now, they can't just bring their own message. They got to bring the message of God. In other words, they can't just be like, well, let me just think what I should tell you. No, that's not how it works with them. That's not how it works at all. No, God sends them with a message and they have to proclaim what God says. They have to say what God says. So when you see angels talking, you can know God's heart is in this. God said this. And so in verse 8, all of a sudden, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And, and remember, what, what was lost in the garden? The glory. The glory. What was lost there? The glory was lost. All of God's goodness that Adam and Eve was, was clothed with, it was lost in the garden. What right here, as this angel shows up, what comes back into the world? The glory. And an angel of the Lord, go ahead. An angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. It's as if God was saying what was lost can now be found again. 
For anybody who's looking, for anybody who needs help, for anybody who's been in a prison, for anybody who grew up on the wrong side of town, what was lost can be found again, and I'm about to tell you how. No matter what life has dished out to you, no matter how hard it's been, no matter how hard you've tried and failed, even if things are going good, God says it can go better. It can go even better. It's like God saying, look, you lost glory. But when Jesus came in, I'm announcing now, the glory is back for you to take a hold of. Is there anybody that would like to take a hold of some of God's goodness and some of his glory? Lord, I need your help. Just say it with me. Just say, Lord, I need your help. I need your glory in my life, in my home, in my vehicles, in my job. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I need you. I want you. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terribly frightened. They were so afraid. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, listen, I bring you good news. Say it with me. Good news. Not bad news. Good news. What's the angel saying? Good news. He's saying, things are changing. Things have changed. See, it's changed for all of us. The question is, have we accepted the change? Have we accepted the change? Maybe it's already changed for us and we didn't know it till right now. Or maybe, maybe we didn't realize just how much had changed. Because things of God, they're not always seen with the eyes. In other words, things could change in the spiritual. And I didn't realize this much was available for me. But this morning you're like, wait, can I have, can my life really change on God's level? Yeah, it can. Matter of fact, that's what God wants. He's saying, yeah. And what happens when that starts to happen inside of your heart? When that starts to happen, what, what happens when you start thinking about that? All of a sudden, inside your heart, it's kind of like the Grinch when his heart grew to two sizes that day. All of a sudden, hope is like, could that be? And the answer is yes. Yeah. And all of a sudden, hope will come in us again. I'm looking at a hopeful people. A people that they got hope. They're not beat down by 2020. I'm looking at a people that will rise above 2020. I'm talking to people that will come out smelling like the glory of God. You can have it. You don't have to. You realize if somebody writes you a check for a million dollars, you don't have to ever take that to the bank. <laughs> I, saw some, I saw some people like, oh, I'm not taking it to the bank. But you know you don't have to. It's like God in heaven wrote a check of his goodness, of his glory. For all of his inheritance, all of his glory, and Jesus signed the check. And when you accept Jesus, it's like you taking it to the bank and making it yours. When you go to church and you listen to the word, you find out what all was in that check. All of a sudden you realize, oh, I can be healed? Yeah, you can be healed. You can be healed this morning. I can, be, I can be free. I can have peace and joy. Oh, yeah, this morning it can change. Say it with me. Just say, today, today is, my day. is my day. Amen. It is. He says, the angel says, I bring you good news. Good news of great joy. Great joy. See, I was just giving you a precursor when I walked out with this suit. Just a little bit of joy. But God will give you great joy. Great joy. Which will be, watch this, 
Well, that's fine. God will help other people. Anybody ever thought that? Oh, God will help other people. What's the rest of this verse say? Good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. If you're all, will you raise your hand? I'm an all. You're all people. He's talking to you. He's talking to you. He says, for today in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That word, the word there, Christ, it means the anointed one of God. The one who was anointed to break your problems. The one who was anointed to give you peace. The one who was anointed to give the glory of God back to you again. There's been one born in Bethlehem who is Christ the Lord. He said, this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying. So it's like they're sitting there and there's one, you know, there's one angel and he's telling them good news of great joy. And then all of a sudden it's like boom. And there's a bunch of them. And they're all glory to God in the highest and on earth. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Put it up there. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. What? Peace. Goodwill towards men. All of them. Glory to God. And on earth, peace among men. And I want you to see this. One more question. You don't have to, you don't have to raise your hand. One more question. Have you ever felt like you let God down? I have. And a lot of times what we'll do is we'll say, you know, I let God down. And he's not going to be happy with me. I, I don't even really want to talk to him right now. And the devil used that to keep you away from the very one who can cause you to not let God down ever again. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, well, I got sick, so I'm not going to go to the doctor to get well because I got sick and the doctor might be mad at me because I got sick. It's like, that's what the doctor's there for, is to get you better because you got sick. But the devil plays those kind of mind games and he says, Look, I feel like I've let God down, and so I don't, he doesn't even want to talk to me. I, can, I, can, I know right now, even in this room, there's people who have thought those thoughts. God doesn't, God doesn't want to talk to me. I've, I've let them down. Let me read you something, what I was just quoting. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among men, men, all of mankind, with whom he's pleased. Is that what your Bible says? With whom he's pleased. How can God be pleased with us? We were sinful. We were, we were messed up. We, we had so much stuff wrong. I, I've, I've sinned against God. How can God be pleased with us? Because on the earth today, that day, there was a Savior that reconnected us with the glory of God. And no matter who we've been or where we've come from or what we've done, he says, you can have peace in your life again because there's a Savior that God is pleased with. And through the Savior, God is pleased with you. There's a Messiah. There's an anointed one. And not only can God be pleased with you again, but God says, I'll receive you into my family. The one who created the universe the greatest benefactor with the largest inheritance ever, says, you'll be in my family if you want to be. But you have to choose. Jesus, you're my Lord. You're the Savior of my life. Lord, I want you. I need you. I got to have you. What I've been doing, it hadn't been working. What I've been doing, it hadn't been working. I need you. And what that means is this, and I want you to hear this. When we accept Jesus, we're not just saying, okay, I'm going to go to heaven and God's going to give me stuff. It's not just that. It's saying, Lord, I'm going to do it your way. And I think a good way to look at that is, has your way been working? Because even if you've had a good life, 
Is it a good life on God's level? I would say most everybody in here has lacked on some way. But if we will simply say, Lord, I'm going to do everything your way. Jesus, you are the director of my life. You're my Lord. All of a sudden, we move from a world system that has a cap on it, that's corrupted. There's a ceiling. Listen, there's a system keeping us down. But as soon as we accept Jesus and his way, we literally say, uh, forget about you, world system. I'm in a new system through Jesus Christ. And we can have the things that God wants us to have. And so today I want to invite you, just close your eyes right now. The full message of Christmas is that we needed a Savior. We needed a Savior. We needed somebody to save us. Yeah, we were messed up. Yeah, we had things wrong. But we needed somebody to help us. We needed somebody to save us. And God said, I'll meet that need. I love you so much, I will meet that need. And along with that need that we had, we, can be, we could be sick and need healing. We could you know, have lack in our finances and need promotion or a job. We need breakthrough in our finances. We could, we could have the devil who's trying to attack our family and cause tragedy. And we need protection of God. We could have things in our life that's broken down. And we need restoration. We could be in bondage because maybe our parents were, they, they did a lot of things wrong and spiritually. I've just been in bondage all my life. I need somebody to set me free. And the biggest one of all is God said, I always wanted you in my family. I always wanted you in my family. That was the design. But sin came in and you were ripped away by sin from my plan and my good plan, my good news of great joy and my plan for you to be in my family. And I want to give you a way back. I want to give you a way back into the family. And so this morning, if you're saying, you know what, Lord, I need to get back in the family. I need things to change. Maybe you've never been in the family of God. Never been in the family of God. But you know, Jesus is calling you right now. He's, he's tugging on your heart. See, that's not me. I can't, I can't make those emotions happen inside of you like that. But the Holy Ghost can say, you know what? I, need, I want you to be a part of the family through Jesus. If that's you, you know, you're saying, I've never known Jesus. I've never known the Lord. I've never been a part of God's family. But today, I need that. Maybe it's, maybe it's not that. Maybe you have been in the family of God. Maybe you have been in the family of God, but you kind of walked away for a while and things didn't go right. And I, you know, I need to get that back on track today. Lord, I need to make a fresh commitment to you today. I need change in my life. Maybe it wasn't a decision you made, but maybe a tragedy happened. Maybe, maybe something really bad happened. And it caused you to question or it caused you to, to get off track. Maybe you grew up in church, but then you know, things just didn't go well. They didn't go the way you thought they would. But today you know, I need Jesus in my life. If that's you, if, if that's you, just every head bowed right now, if that's you, you need to either commit to Jesus fresh or you need to co commit to him again. But today I need things to change. Jesus, you're making a statement. Jesus, today I receive your help. I receive my glory back. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Keep it up high so I can see it. Glory to God. Amen. All over. Keep them raised up so I can see it. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Keep them up. Keep them up. Let me see it. I want to pray for you as well. Lord, I need you today. I need you. Thank you, Lord. I see all of those. Thank you, Lord. Now, I just want to ask. I want to come over here, and you can raise your head. And I just want to ask, is there anybody in these two sections over here, you're like, you know what? I need to raise my hand. I didn't, but I know I needed to. I need Jesus. I need to be in the family of God. 
I need a Savior who's anointed. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. I should have. Lord, I just, I just pray right now. I come again. Any fear of the devil. See, the devil's still trying to steal from people. He's still trying to keep them in fear so they won't receive God. If you're saying, Lord, I need you. If anybody in these sections, just raise your hand real quickly. I need, I need a change today. If that's you. Thank you, Lord. Anybody in these sections? I didn't raise my hand, but I needed to. I needed to today. I need change in my life today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for just working in people's hearts. Anybody? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, if you raised your hand at all, I would like for you just to stand up right where you're at. Stand up now. Thank you, Lord. Give him a hand. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. If you need to stand up, I, hadn't, I didn't raise my hand, I hadn't stood yet, but Lord, I need change today. See, when you stand for God, what happens? All of a sudden, when you stand for Him, things get serious on God's end. You stand for God, God's like, look, they're making a stand for me. God says, I'm going to make a stand for them, but we've got to choose Him. Today, that choice is simply standing up on your feet. Just close your eyes again for a second. Right now, if you choose God, if you raised your hand, go ahead and stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Stand up. Hallelujah. Lord, today, see, that's a wonderful thing. That's not a thing of shame. That's a thing of victory. It's a thing of victory. Because when you choose him, victory's coming to your life. Today is your day. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you. Will you all come down real quick? Come right here. I want to pray for you. Glory to God. Come quickly. And if anybody else, if you're saying, I need to make that commitment today. I need to make it today. You're welcome to come on right now. You know what? I need to get there. Amen. Give my hand. Here, come on in here. Come on in. Nice to meet y'all. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. My man. Amen. Good to see you. Good to see you. Just come on in here. Two rows up here real quick. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Now, just look at me right here. And I know I got a crazy suit on. Don't look at that. Just right here. You made a great decision. And when you said earlier, today's my day, you were saying the truth. Today is your day. Today is your day. Amen. God is going to do great and mighty things right now today in your life. Right now, I imagine that there's even people that are already feeling the power of God move in your heart. And you're going to feel it even stronger, okay? Why? Because he's going to do something I can't do by myself. It's powerful. It's supernatural. And you're going to feel the help of the Lord. Amen? I want everybody in here. If you need to come on down, come on down. You don't have to wait. Just come on down. But I want everybody in here just to pray right now. Pray it out loud with your mouth. Just say, Jesus, Jesus today, today. Jesus, Jesus is the Lord of my life. Jesus, you're the director. You call the shots, and I'll be obedient. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. In Jesus' name. I believe that God brought you back to life. Out of the place of death. And when he raised you up, he didn't leave me in that place. Today, I have fullness of life. In Jesus' name. Jesus, I ask you, baptize me in the Holy Spirit and fire so I can live like you want me to live. And say this last thing. Today, my life is changing. I'll never be the same. I have a great father who loves me with an everlasting love 
and he's made me a part of the family. In Jesus' name. Things are changing. Thank you. Glory to God. I just want to pray for you. I want to invite you as well. If I'm going to pray for everybody who's up here, but I want to invite you. Go ahead and you can, you can come. If you need healing in your body, if you need finances, right? I'm going to pray that for everybody that's up here as well. Uh, you need finances. You need something to change. Maybe you just need the peace of God. The devil has just ransacked your mind. And you need the peace of God that passes understanding. Maybe you just need, Lord, I need help. I need your help. If that's you, I invite you to come up to the altar now. And we're going to pray. And the power of God is going to heal the sick. It's, it's going to bring out his power in your life. It's going to bring provision. It's going to bring peace. It's going to bring his grace. Amen? So if you need anything, I ask you to invite you to come up now. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Glory to God. So nice to meet y'all. Thank you. What's your name? Dawn. So nice to meet you. <laughs> and I want to tell everybody that's up here that prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family of God. I see you as my brother and my sister. We're one in Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the family of God.